everybody. Yeah, welcome to the last Bible study this year. And um, I believe you are going to make the best out of it. And it's titled Dividends of Genuine Revival. It is a summary of all that we've been talking at the beginning of the year till now. So what are the gains? What are the challenges to you and to me? It's for us to dig it out in our Bible study this morning. Um, we are going to have um, 12 classes. Um, 13 and 14 have been collapsed. And um, they are going to join other, other, other classes. It's going to be for 40 minutes. I'm going to do the first three questions. That's what we are going to do this morning. And then by Wednesday, expect that all of us will come to conclude the study. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name, holy and mighty God, we thank you for this privilege of going to study your word. We commit your word to you, Father, that you grant us that the power of the Holy Spirit an understanding of your word. And we pray, Lord, that through the understanding, we will store it in our hearts and work with it so that we may profit all of us. Be with the facilitators and grant them grace to do the work that at the end of it all, we shall all benefit and the glory will be to you in the name of Jesus. All right, so well, welcome to today's Bible study. I hope we have two classes here. Okay, like we have been told at the beginning, our topic today is dividend of what? Dividends of what? Genuine revival. Let's pick our outlines. We have prayed and we will pray again. Let's bow our heads as we quickly speak to God. Our Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity we have to study your word. Our prayer this morning is that, Lord, you will cause that beyond just looking at the dividend of genuine revival we will be beneficiaries we will partake in it and we will be witnesses of these dividends to your glory as we study cause that we will walk in it in jesus name we pray our text is taken from acts chapter 2 acts 2 from verse 41 to 47 acts 2 41 to 47. We encourage as many of us as possible to participate. If you have found it, you, okay. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles now all who believed were together and had and had all, and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and, di and divided them among all as anyone had need so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food in gladness and simplicity of heart, 
praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. So that's our text today. As we go through the study, we hope to draw lessons. This text seems to summarize what we will be drawing from today's study. If we were here at the last study, you will remember we read this text as one of the characteristics what happens when revival comes, when genuine revival comes. So we hope that in the course of today's study, we will draw some of, we will point at some of these dividends of genuine revival. But from there we have a few things we can point at. But for want of time, when we go into the study, we will clearly point at them. Let's take the introduction today. Who will read the introduction for us? We want everyone to participate. Who wants to read the introduction? Okay, sir. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Genuine revival orchestrated by the Holy Spirit transforms an individual as well as the society, thus endangering godliness and widespread righteousness. It creates a hunger for more of God and abhors all forms of unrighteousness. This is opposed to false revival that appeals to mundane issues of this life without eternal value. We urgently need genuine revival in our generation to counter, to counter the falsehood that is in present day Christianity. Thank you very much. From what we read, what are striking to you? There are a few things striking to us there. Can we pinpoint them? What do you notice from the introduction as a striking thought or a line that struck you most about our topic, dividends of genuine revival? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. From the introduction, the thing that uh, struck me here is that uh, revival is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. So by that word orchestration, you know, because orchestration means more than just initiating something. So the Holy Spirit initiates revival and also maintains it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because we just feel free to sit. Okay, any other thoughts? Yes, ma'am. Just keep. From the introduction, I perceive that we have two types of revival. Okay. The genuine revival and falsehood uh, revival. All right. Any other last comments before we tie it up? Yes, sir. We see that genuine revival, it brings uh, true godly desires, desire for God, you know, drive to know God and for righteousness. All right, thank you very much. Now, we'll be discussing it together, but our introduction quickly established, like our mommy mentioned, the fact that there could be something that looks like revival, but it's not revival. One may ask, you may be wondering, if it's revival, then it's revival. Why do we qualify it? The reason is because there are so much abuses of the word revival. There are so many things going around we see in the church, and we tend to claim... It's revival. I remember at the beginning of this year, one of the things in the point, at the point of introducing the theme we were taught and God brought to us is the fact that people organize a program and they call it what? Revival program. But is that revival? 
So the abuse of the word makes it necessary to differentiate what genuine revival is and what false revival is. In the light of that, we had to clearly state what genuine revival is. Genuine revival, we saw first, like he mentioned, that is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Much more than just being orchestrated by the Holy Spirit is the fact that it causes a change in individual and in the society. These changes, like we saw there, will result in what? Godliness and widespread righteousness. So it's not about changing infrastructure and all those, those things. It's not even about emotional changes. But what many, and it makes people hate unrighteousness. But what many today claim to be revival are things that make people desire mundane things. Not for things of eternal value. So today we want to look at what do we stand to gain in being or experiencing genuine revival. Let's take our questions for discussion. Question one. We are going to share the text so that we'll be fast about it. What are the characteristics of genuine revival? Let's take it in order now. You will read for us my Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 37 to 38. My brother, you read John 4, in that order, John 4, 39 to 42, Acts 6, verse 7, Joel. You read Joel, and then Second Chronicles 31, 1. Let's, let's take it quickly now. Acts 12, uh, Acts 2, sorry. Amen. When the apostles heard this, they were caught to the hand and said to Peter and the others and the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you. John 4, 39-42. Yes. John chapter 4, verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of the, increase your voice? of the city believed on him for the sins of the woman, which testified. He told men all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more be believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Thank you. Acts 6 verse 7. Acts 6 verse 7 says, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Joel chapter 2. Joel 2, 28 to 30. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. 29. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Y yes. 
Second Chronicles 31, verse 1. Okay, Second Chronicles 31, 1. Now, when all this was finished, all Israel, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin. In Ephraim, in Ephraim also, and um, Manasseh, until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession, into their own cities. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Now, from the verses they have read, quickly, anyone is free to make a comment. Now, what do you think are the characteristics of genuine revival? What can we point there as characteristics of genuine revival? If you want to... Comments you can indicate. Characteristics of genuine revival from any of the verses we have read. Refer to that. Yes. Praise God. It creates an obedience from where we read in Acts 7, sorry, okay. Acts 6, verse 7. They also created that many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So it brings about obedience. Obedience to the faith, yes. Any other? Yes, please. There, uh, so that people did not need motivation to serve God. Okay. They, they don't need anybody to push them to go serve God. People desired and they moved to serving God. All right. Thank you. Any other from this end? Okay, ma. Yes. From that um, Second Chronicles, you see that when there is a revival, people turn away from their former ways that were contrary to God's ways and turn to God's way. All right. They turn around. They forsake their ways that were not right. Okay. And you know, disassociate themselves from things that they were doing that was not right before God. Okay. And turn to God's way. All right. We'll take these two last comments and then we'll tie it up quickly. Yes, sir. There were personal convictions, not believing on what was told to others. The Samaritan told the woman, we are no longer believed because of what you told us. We have now seen ourselves. So there were personal convictions. Thank you. Personal convictions. Yes. Okay, from what I heard, I think um, if, um, if the Holy Spirit is poured on us, then we shall be able to dream dreams, visions, and prophesy. Okay. Now, prophecy comes out, comes as through prophecy. Okay. That is, if we say that you saw something like this, that's going to happen. That will convince people okay. that this is revival. Revival has taken place All right. in the life of that person. Thank you. Alright, thank you for those comments. Let me quickly tie it up for want of time. Now we notice in Acts chapter 2 verse 37, the Bible says that after they heard the word, they were caught to their hearts. Now the word of God deals with people's hearts. It doesn't just get people excited. They were caught to their hearts. That's the first thing we notice. And they now turn and said to Peter, men and brethren, what shall we do? People responded accordingly to God's word in obedience. And Peter said what? Repent in the name of Jesus. So we see that when genuine revival comes, one of the manifestations, one of the characteristics is that the word of God deals with people's heart. People repent. People respond appropriately in repentance to the Lord Jesus. Then if you go further, we saw also that in uh, where uh, that mentioned... When the Samaritan woman told the people in Samaria, come and see the man who told me what has happened to me. They believed 
in Jesus because of what she said. But with time, they got their own personal convictions. So many a times today in church, people believe what they believe because that's what the pastor said. They don't have personal conviction. And so you will see that when another person says another thing, they follow also. But when revival comes, there are personal convictions. Then we also saw there, where if we pick Joel, where he was saying, you will discover that dreams were for the old men. Young men will see vision. So when revival comes, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is not restricted to one group. We are not expecting, like we are saying in the preparatory class, it will be only the youth that will be agitating, like we are seeing in Nigeria. No! It will cut across. Old men will be they are having their portion. The young men will be having their portion. The servants will also have their own portion. When revival comes, it cuts across classes. If you look at servants and masters, it talks about economic class. Old and young talks about age class. Whatever class it is, when revival comes, the manifestation of the Spirit does what? It cuts across. Then in Second Chronicles, we see there very clearly that whatever it was that stood in between them and God, their idols, they destroyed it. In our days, it is just beyond just saying you have repented. What is it that is taking the place of God? You will do away with it. They destroyed them. And they didn't just do it in one place. It moved from one town to another. We heard that it went to Ephraim, it went to Manasseh. And after it was all destroyed, they came back to their places. Let's go to the second question for discussion so that we will beat the time. Discuss the benefits of genuine revival from these passages. Where did we stop? We'll continue our reading from where we stopped. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. The next person will take Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3, 2 to 5. Then behind, those at the back there so that all of us will participate. Joel Again, we see Joel, Joel chapter 2, verse 25 to 27. And then our sister, you read Acts 5, verse 12 to 16. Who is reading Ephesians for us? Ephesians 4, verse 3. Ephesians 4, verse 3. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. Praise the Lord. Okay. Malachi 3, 2-5 But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in former years. And I will come near you for judgment. I will be for a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against pagerers, against those who exploit witch, witch earners and widows and orphans, and against those who turn away and alien, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Thank you. Who is reading Joel? Joel chapter 2, 25 to 27. So I will restore to you the years that the swarm... Can you speak out loud? I can't hear you. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God. 
who has dealt with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Thank you. The last Acts 5. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them. Can I hear you, please? Yes, none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by, by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and, and they were all healed. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Now, I want us to pick out the, the benefits, which is the core of our study today, the dividends of genuine revival. Now, some people from this side have not talked. We want to hear people from this side. What are the dividends? What are the benefits of genuine revival from these passages? Anyone? Yes, sir. Okay, um, from Jewel chapter 2 that was read out, we saw that um, there was mention of restoration of years that have been eaten by the locals and all forms of um, um, factors of life. And also there was mention of uh, taking away shame from our lives. Alright, thank you. Any other benefit? Yes, my sister wants the two of them, yes. According to Ephesians 4, 3, we can see unity and peace there. Sorry? Ephesians 4, verse 3. Yes. Unity and peace. Unity and peace. Okay. Yes, ma'am. From Acts 5, 12, we can yes. see um, we witnessed miracles and wonders being performed. Miracles and wonders being performed. Any other persons? Let's feel free to mention benefits. Yes. From Ephesians 4, verse 3, we see... From Ephesians 4, verse 3, there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit which brings peace. Okay, bring peace. Uh, an outpour of the Holy Spirit bringing peace. Yes, yes, yes sir. Now, in Malachi, uh, Malachi 3, 2 to 5, talked about endurance, you know, and then talked about uh, the processes, you know, of uh, going through uh, being made righteous. Okay, it's not usually not a very uh, palatable thing, okay. But uh, when there is genuine revival, the grace of God helps the believer to go through the trials, you know, that is associated with righteousness in the place of endurance. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, we'll take these two people together, then we'll come because it's the meat of this morning session. Yes, it also sir. brings about harvest of souls. Okay, in that, um, Acts, Acts 5, yes, believers were. Uh, increasingly added to the Lord. A multitude of both men and um, women. Multitude. It brings about harvest of souls. Alright. Harvest of souls. So one of the benefits is that you know you will be happy when souls are won. So it's a benefit. Yes. Okay. Another thing we see there in Joel chapter 3 in yes. chapter 2. We see restoration. You know. Which you said. Yes. Okay. I said it. Yes. yes. And then uh, in the book of um, Acts we said, well, they said they, are, they were doing miracles. So they did not need Jesus to be present in flesh to do miracles. Now the believers, we are now doing the miracles. Thank you. Yes, sir. Another 
benefit of that is that there's restoration. Whatever has been lost, God will restore back. Put it back in place to tell you I have heard you and you're now walking on my way. So there's restoration. So you see, restoration is echoing everywhere. So if you didn't hear anything today, you will hear what? Restoration. <laughs> yes, these are the benefits, but not limited to this. We also, just to tie up so much of what we have said and to gather them together, you will also notice that in that act, the Bible says the word of God increased. Didn't you read that? And disciples were added, not just people being saved. They were disciples. As the word of God spread, it brought about increase in the number of people who had conviction of following Christ. Then, also we see, yes, we talked about uh, healing in Acts chapter 5. But you notice one thing about that. There was, there was no situation that they would say, okay, this one, because it's headache, it was healed. What did that place say in Acts 5 verse 16? All their diseases, all the forms of sicknesses that came. So that there will be no, you know, sometimes some conditions will come. You know, somebody in the preparatory also share this. There are some health conditions that we may have around us. And we begin to think, who is really the best hand in this field? We are not even looking unto God. Because you feel if it was just this one, we will pray and trust God. But this type. But we notice there that all, all that, all what sorts. Good enough, we have quite a number of people in the medical field here. There may be some that in your mind... Science will say it cannot, but when revival comes, all, all the forms of diseases received healing. And then we have actually mentioned the unity of spirit that we can see in Ephesians 4 verse 3 where we read there was unity of spirit. Then I will quickly pick on that Malachi. Like our daddy mentioned there, in Malachi he said that he sits like a refiner. And what does he do to purify us? Some time ago, we studied about this. Refining is not usually pleasant. It's not a pleasant situation. Beautiful. It's not usually pleasant. But one thing we see is that God is the one that sits as a refiner. And if God is refining, a refiner knows the heat that will damage the silver he wants to. So he controls the heat. What does a refiner do? He controls the heat. So don't think that when revival comes... It will all be, there will be hard situations, there will be persecutions. But God will not allow such that will destroy you. He is controlling it. But what does he want to achieve? To remove impurity. So that we will offer offerings in what? Righteousness. So that offerings will be made in righteousness. So we note all of these things so that we are balanced in what we expect, what we look forward to. In revival. Amen. Can we move to the next point and the last for today? Alright, we will take, maybe we'll start reading from here so that our brethren here we will hear their voices. We'll take the point three which says, point out the characteristics of false revival from these passages. From these scriptures we are going to be reading. We'll start from uh, the first is Ezekiel chapter 33 from verse 30, 30 to 32. In that order, Matthew 24, Acts 8, 
And verses 11. Ezekiel. Yes, please. Ezekiel 33. And verse um, 30 to 31. Let's listen and point out. Yes, please. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses. And they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, Please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So they, they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. 32. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Matthew 24. Matthew, tw Matthew 24, 24 to 26. Yes. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out or here he is in the inner rooms do not believe it thank you acts 8 acts 8 chapter 9 to 11 acts chapter 8 verses 9 to 11 but there was a certain man called simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of samaria claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying this man is the great power of god and they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Amen. Read, read verse 18 to 19. Yes, next, okay. Of the same Act 8. 18 Act to 19. Eight. 18 to 19. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the, hands, of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Alright, from the places we have read, our question for discussion is, point out the characteristics of false revival. Can we point out the characteristics? Yes, ma'am. Deception. Okay. There was so much deception in you know, saying something on their lips differently from their own hearts. Okay. You know, that's deception. That's okay. Said, deception. Yes, any other? What do we see? Yes, sir. Somebody say. From the verse um, passage you read, we saw hearing and not doing. A lot of deceit. As in, you, you hear a lot of people um, saying, uh, like, talking about the world, but in their actions is, um, is the opposite. Okay. Any other? Are these all? Yes. No, let the person who has not yes. Let's okay. Yes, next person. Okay. okay. Uh, also from Ezekiel thirty-three, we saw uh, people having the wrong focus. You see, they, 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 there's so much uh, destiny, you know, things being talked about of the things that were happening then, but the focus is not the Lord. The focus is the people that brought the word. So they gather, they love to gather and listen to them and make them talk about the good properties about those people, you know, but not really focusing on the Lord, who is the basis for, for the revival. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, another characteristic of false revival is people will try to fake it. Fake things. Uh, people do fake things, yes. Uh, so that's where uh, false prophets. False prophets. And all this. Which is the deception. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, we see that every kind of revival is sponsored by a spirit. If it's the true revival, it's sponsored by the Holy Ghost. But if it's false one, it's sponsored by demons. Alright, thank you. So the source of it matters. In our last study, we also pointed this out. Characteristics of false revival. We notice from the first, because our time is up now, in Ezekiel, uh, yes, Ezekiel, the people came together. As they gathered together, they say, let us go and hear. Now, one thing you notice there is that the person speaking there was speaking the genuine word of God. But the people had made up their minds that they would not do it. So it is not enough that we are having programs all over. And you hear all sorts of powerful themes. But are, people, are people's lives reflecting what they have heard? Are all these places people gather? Do they leave that place obedient to the word of God? When this happened, it may look like there's revival, but there's really no revival. That's why it is called false revival. So you can observe it around you. People are so emotional, many things are happening, but no lives are changed. This shows that revival really has not come. That's not what we are looking forward to. And that is why we are taking this study. So that we will know what we are trusting the Lord for. Another thing we notice from that place we read is false prophets, like our brother mentioned. There are people who will deceive others. We also notice that they will come pointing men away from God, like our other dimension. Even though they want to carry a form of godliness, but they don't have the power to change lives. So people come and prophesy. And you know, among the young people, you say, this person sees, this person can see. But the question is, what is his source? Remember our introduction. The first line of our introduction says what? Genuine revival is orchestrated by who? By the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I personally believe is, until you have the original, it's difficult for you to identify the one that is fake. So for us as believers, do you have the Holy Spirit? When you have the Holy Spirit, you can check. These are some of the things we'll be discussing on Wednesday. We will see what we ought to do in the face of all of this. Do you have the genuine spirit? It is until then, you may not be able to identify the fake. Have you received the truth? Are you a disciple? It is until then, you may not be able to identify false teachers. If you don't know the truth, and somebody is saying something that is wrong, how would you know? How will you know? You don't know the truth. So we need to personally know it, but... Today, there are people who teach, not just prophesying, they teach, but their source is wrong. And these are the reasons why we ought to get the right thing. Let's bow our heads. Except if we have any comment or question, we're at the end of it. Any? Okay, let's bow our heads as we pray. Let's bow our heads as we pray. One thing for certain is... What God intends for us is genuine revival. It's not what looks like revival. What, what really is revival? Can you speak to the Lord for yourself now? 
Are you noticing that God has begun this issue of revival from the beginning of the year? You have not started witnessing it. You have not witnessed the outpour of the Spirit, the miraculous. Those are signs of characteristics of revival. Are you believing God for one thing and it has not come? When revival comes, the miraculous happen. Can you ask the Lord? I believe that this study will stay in our heart a hunger for revival. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Lord, I will not just talk about it. Even as the year is drawing to an end, we are in the second to the last month of the year. I will witness revival. Genuine revival. I will be a partaker of it. Speak to the Lord about it. Are there benefits that you have learned today and you are believing the Lord for it? It is when it comes. Can you say, Lord, I want to enter into this and benefit of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we thank you for this study. Lord, we ask that you will enable us not just to learn, but to carry it out. So that we will not be like the people who work in false revival. We will live here resolved to do your word. And on Wednesday, part of our resolution will be to join the study and conclude this study together. To the glory and praise of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, send us revival. Lord, send us revival. Lord, send us revival. And let me be with me. Everybody, Lord, send us the Lord. I hope we enjoy the Bible study. So we're expecting you on Wednesday to do the second part. Um, I just want to remind us that this is the last Bible study for the year. And um, Bible study as we did collectively is to wait our appetite so we can go home and do a more thorough work. Because I know in the groups we did not do enough, enough discussion on each passage. In April this year, we did first century church a study of genuine revival. And we studied the effects of when the Holy Ghost came upon the apostles and what happened then. Then in June, we studied on the impact of revival on the society. We talked about what happened during the time of Hezekiah and how it affected the whole of Judea. They went and pulled down their false gods and all the idols they were worshipping and destroyed them. Then last month, we studied on hindrances of genuine revival and we talked of hypocrisy and love of the world. These are the things that hinder revival from taking place. Then today, as we are doing, as we did the introduction, we saw that when a revival takes place, 
that's a transformation of the individual and as well as the society around the individual. And then there's a hunger for godliness and righteousness in the land. And this is opposed to fake or false revival that appeals to the mundane things of this life that doesn't have eternal values. So the question is, the year is running over, have we gone back to study these things we have done in the Bible study? Has the revival affected your life and my life? If it has not, then that's a problem. That's a problem with you or with me. That since January we're talking about God revive thy work in our midst. Revive me as an individual. The year is running to an end. What have you gained? Um, at this juncture, is there anybody, any group that has any question that have not been clarified in their groups? Because we cannot begin to go through them one by one. Anybody with any question? Anybody with any question? That's a wonderful, we have wonderful facilitators and wonderful class. Either you didn't teach well or they didn't understand anything. This is another way of looking at it. Or they have done so well that they will understood everything that you might not need any discussion again. I don't know which one to take. Which one do we take? You did so well that one need any discussion again. <laughs> All right. In order not to waste our time, uh, the question for us is, have you gotten the benefits of genuine revival? Are you swimming under the falsehood of fake revival? The fake revival talks about miracles, talks about money, talks about immediate gain. But the genuine revival goes beyond that. Talks about eternal gain, talks about winning souls, talks about prayer, talks about many other things that will profit to here and hereafter. And in one group, they were discussing of the benefits of genuine revival as in Malachi chapter 3. It was talking about refining silver and gold. And refining is not a pleasant thing. It's very painful to the flesh. And so for you to get a genuine revival, there may be some certain things that have to get out of your system, habits, behaviors, way of thinking, way of praying, and so on and so forth. It may not be easy, but as we yield, God remove these things, you become a more refined person. And then um, on that note, we do the conclusion. We know that genuine revival is essential for the growth and consolidation of Christianity today, which is under attack by forces of darkness. You all know it. There are so many things coming up as revival. Let us pray and do everything within our powers to promote and sustain our journey revival. Our memory verse is Hebrew chapter 2b. Hab sorry, Habakkuk chapter 3b. Let us read it together. Memory verse, Habakkuk chapter 3b. Again, memory verse, 
Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for the privilege we have had to study under your feet. Thank you, Lord, that God, for all who have been told about genuine revival and the division therein. Thank you, Lord, that God, that will help us to consolidate these things in our life and be able to distinguish it from, Lord, even false revival that appeals to our mundane things, that we stand firm on that genuine revival given to us and grow therein. And from there, Lord, our God, souls will be one to you. Your name shall be glorified and the blessing shall be for us. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, wait.